Welcome in to Head to Headlines. I'm Evan. I'm here solo, but still talking about the biggest headlines in disc golf. We just had the Disc Golf Pro Tour Championship happen over the weekend. Big money on the line, $40,000 to both winners. This was the fifth year that the Pro Tour Championship was held in Charlotte, and the second year it was held at Nevins. It is the eighth year that this championship has been held in the eighth season of the Disc Golf Pro Tour. And let's get into the winners. Missy Gannon wins her second tour championship. The $40,000 is the largest payout of her career. Interesting enough, the next two highest payouts were also for the tour championship in Missy Gannon's career. $30,000 in her 2021 win and $14,000 last year when she finished third place. This is Missy Gannon's second tour championship win, which ties Katrina Allen with the most in FPO. This is the second event on tour that Missy Gannon has won twice, which joins Ledgestone, which she won for a second time just earlier this year when she went back-to-back with her 2022 win. Missy Gannon also has the second most $6,000 or higher PDGA payouts in FPO history with seven now thanks to this win, and three of those in total are from 2023. Kristen Tatar leads with 15, and all 15 of those are in the past two seasons. Back to Missy Gannon, in events where the winner gets $6,000 or more, Missy Gannon's average rating is 974. Compare that into events where the winner gets less than $6,000, and her average rating is down at 962, 12 rating points worse. And just looking at finishes, Missy Gannon has five wins when the winner gets $6,000 or more. That's an 18% uh, win rate with 28 starts and a total of 11 podiums and an average cash of $5,811. Compare that to when the winner gets less than $6,000. Missy Gannon has three wins, which is 7% from 45 starts, has 12 podiums, one more than the other category, but only 27% of the time, and her average cash is 1203 over $4,500 less in events that pay less money. Ricky Wysocki wins an MPO. This is also his largest payout of his career. It's his third tour championship win, which is the most by any player in either division. He also becomes the first back-to-back winner since Chris Dickerson won in both 2018 and 2019, although Dickerson won in Florida first and then in North Carolina. Dickerson also only had $17,500 combined for those wins compared to Ricky Wysocki with $75,000 combined. Ricky Wysocki almost doubles his season earnings at PDGA events. Before this, he was at $43,776. I said earlier, he won $40,000 from this event in total. All three of Ricky Wysocki's tour championship wins have been since his last major win, which was in June of 2017. He has 13 Disco Pro Tour Elite wins in this time frame, three National Tour wins, and also four Silver wins. That dates back to his 2017 Worlds win. And of Ricky Wysocki's three Tour Championship wins, this is the first and only time Ricky Wysocki has won without being the number one seed. In his previous two wins, he was the points earner for that season, and also winning the Tour Championship. He's the only player in MPO to do that, and he's done it twice. Looking down the MPO leaderboard, in second place, Kyle Klein. He's had a good October. He wins $22,000 with this second place finish. 
he can add that to his $30,000 paycheck he earned at the USDGC uh, just last weekend. That marks $52,000 overall in these two events, which is more than the rest of his season combined, which was a total of 20 events. Calvin Heimberg finishes in third, yet again getting a podium. He earns $14,000, which, believe it or not, is his highest PDGA prize cash of his career. In fact, his three highest stroke play earnings are from results that weren't even wins. Uh, This one, then add in an $11,000 paycheck at 2022 USDGC, where he finished third, and a $10,000 paycheck just about a month ago at Worlds this year, where he finished fifth. Calvin Heimberg did get a $10,000 paycheck for a win at a match play event in 2021. Calvin Heimberg doesn't have a PDGA stroke play win at $10,000 or above, with his highest being $8,500 at Jonesboro earlier this season. Calvin Heimberg finishes an incredible season with 23 events played on tour, which includes 14 podiums, 22 top 10s, and a 100% cash rate. The only missed top 10 for Calvin Heimberg this season was Champions Cup back in April, where he finished 16th. Isaac Robinson finishes in a tie for fourth place, earning $9,500. Robinson has earned $10,000 or more at three of the four majors, and then add in a very close to that paycheck here at the Tour Championship, with this being his fourth best earnings at an event this season. Isaac Robinson has finished in the top four 10 times this season, with four of those being from the majors and the Tour Championship. Adam Hammes is the other one to finish in the tie for fourth, also earning $9,500. Adam Hammes had missed cash in three of his last five events. That was a 51st at the LWS Open at Idlewild, a 46th place at the MVP Open, and a DNF at the World Championships. And including those, he has missed a cash a total of six times on tour this season. But in the two of the last five events that he has cashed at, He earned under $1,000 from both of those, so a $9,500 paycheck is quite the increase in recent play. This paycheck is also more than double every event this year for Hamas except for his Elite Plus win in Portland, where he earned $12,500. And Adam Hamas was only one of three players seated outside of the cut line, outside of the top 12 in MPO, to work their way into the finals. Hamas was three over in round one. He was six strokes back of the cut line and he was closer to last place than he was the cut but in round two he went eight down a bogey-free round to make the cut just by a single stroke and in fact this was his first bogey-free round on tour since March and to round out Joel Freeman and Nicholas Antela were the only other players seated below the cut line to make their way into the finals with Antela being the only one with no stroke advantage at all. Moving down the FPO leaderboard, we had a tie for second place between Owen Scoggins and Kat Mersch. They both earned $18,000, which for Owen Scoggins is the best payout of the season and the second best of her career. She earned more last year, $20,000, for her uh, second place finish at the Tour Championship, but that was a solo second place, getting her more money. Kat Mersch with $18,000, that's four times greater than her next highest payout in her career. She won $4,250 for her win at Jonesboro earlier this season. 
This was also her first time making the finals at the Disc Golf Pro Tour Championship. In fourth place, there was a tie between previous tour championship winners. Haley King and Kristen Tatar both earned $9,000. Haley King won the 2021 Tour Championship, which is still her highest payout of her career at $20,000. And starting all the way back at Champions Cup, Haley King has been top 10 at every event she has played, except for two. A DNF at Des Moines, and a 13th place at the World Championships. That's 11 top 10s out of 13. And in every one of those, except for the DNF at Des Moines, Haley King has earned a four-digit payout, $1,000 or more. And the other tied player, Kristen Tatar, of course, she was last year's winner. She finished at sixth place in Jonesboro. And since then, this fourth place finish is only the second time that Kristen Tatar has finished outside of the top two with the other one being a fourth-place finish at DDO. Her 2023 season finishes as such 12 wins, four second-place finishes, two fourth-place finishes, one fifth-place finish, and one sixth-place finish. Talk about a season for the history books. The other three finalists, Allie Smith in sixth place, Stacey Ronsley in seventh place, and Jennifer Allen in eighth place, all were seated outside of the cut line yet made the jump up to make the finals. And for all three, this was their first tour championship appearance. Well, I want to take a second to review the advantages heading into the tour championship. This was a new format that we saw debut this season, where the better uh, standings place you had to finish the season, the bigger advantage you had going into the tournament. After two rounds, there would be a cut, and scores would reset into the final two rounds to determine the tour championship. FPO would see the top eight players make the cut, and MPO would see the top 12 players make the cut. In FPO, the initial advantages had no effect on the cut line, with the advantages the top eight players who made the finals would have been the same if there was no initial uh, stroke advantage. Players with advantages are generally considered the better players, but with the advantage, they were able to play safe on a tough and wooded course here at Nevins. However, after scores reset after two rounds, that did have an effect on the overall winner. Missy Gannon won at five down overall, but was two over during the semifinals in rounds one and two. Combined, she was three down throughout the whole four-round tournament, and with her four-stroke advantage, she would have finished at seven down, which was good for second place on the field uh, instead of the win that she did earn. Owen Scoggins shot a blistering five down in round two. Combine that with a one down in round one. She was six down at the reset, so those rounds did not end up counting to the total score. And then in the finals, Owen Scoggins shot another blistering five down round before she had a tough final round going three over. So to combine all four of those scores, she was eight down, then add in her three-stroke advantage, and she would finish 11 down total, which would have been four strokes better than Missy Gannon had those first two rounds still counted to the overall score. Of course, this is a hypothetical scenario. Play styles and mindsets would certainly be altered if this was the format, but it does give an idea on how things could be different here at the Tour Championship. In MPO, the effect was pretty flipped from FPO, the cut line would have been different without the advantages, although fairly minor. James Conrad would have been the only player to make the cut into the finals who otherwise didn't. 
He was four down through the first two rounds. Gannon Burr instead would have been cut where he went just three down, but thanks to a four-stroke advantage for finishing in third place in the standings, it vaulted him to be above the cut line. But overall, the reset did not change the final scores as Ricky Waisaki would have won either way, and he would have won with or without the initial stroke advantage as well. His total score was five strokes better than Kyle Klein, who finished in second place, and 11 better than Calvin Heiberg, who finished in third place. And if we include the initial stroke advantages, Ricky Waisaki was six strokes better than Kyle Klein since Ricky Waisaki started with an advantage over him. And he would be only nine strokes better than Calvin Heimberg, who started with a two-stroke better advantage over Ricky Waisaki. With both of those, Ricky Waisaki wins by a sizable margin. We'll see what the Disc Golf Pro Tour does with the format next year, but shoot us a reply with what you liked or did not like about this year's Tour Championship format. Thanks for listening to Head to Headlines this season. We thoroughly enjoyed bringing the biggest headlines in disc golf to you in this short-form podcast. We'll have one more episode of Head to Headlines coming soon, detailing the seasons of players in anticipation for the Disc Golf Pro Tour Awards. But stay tuned this offseason for more shows to listen to here on the Stat Mando Podcast Network. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon. <laughs>